0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Joe Bro Radio, the best and your favorite nerd and pop culture podcast on the planet and you, all your podcast platforms. I am your host, Nia Wazano, joined by my fellow go-host, Gage Pond. Say hello to the audience, buddy. Uh,
1: hello, audience. I, it is me, Gage Pond.
0: That's good, that's good. Very good. How are you feeling today?
1: Uh, you know, I'm feeling good. I wanted to embellish that somehow. Uh, earlier today, whenever I was thinking about recording, I'm like, I want to say something different. But, here we are, and I couldn't do it. I didn't think of anything. Yeah. yeah but so, still.
0: if you're new here, uh, we talk about nerd stuff, we talk about pop culture stuff, video games, movies, whatever floats our boat. Things that anger us, make us happy, whatever we want. There's no format, because, uh, we're too stupid to do a format. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's really not that we're too stupid, it's more that we're just too lazy. Uh, also, it detracts from our charm.
0: Yes, our, our, our devilishly good. Our, is that the word? Devilishly good charm?
1: De- what? What do you
0: Like, devilishly are... handsome? Like, our devilishly good charm?
1: Are you trying to play off of my thing, how I say I'm your humble and devilishly handsome host? Yeah. Uh, I guess devilishly good charm would work? I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't, I mean.
0: I yeah, I, I did know. that I did that on purpose because uh, some like the topic that I have prepared today is uh, kind of inspired by something that you have talked a lot about, but we haven't done a full episode on.
1: Mm, that can be a few things, yeah. but if it's something I talk a lot about in general, there's only one thing that really comes to mind. So I'm gonna leave that theory tucked in my head for a little bit. I it's wrote, not Silent Hill. No, not uh, no, not that. I just hope it's not like I hope it's not what I think it is because it's if it's what I think it is, this is one of the things that even though I know a lot about it, I need time to prepare myself before I talk about it. So, I all hope right. It's, Again, it's
0: if if you're new here, uh, before we get into our topic, let's start with some small talk. So, you anything to say to the audience?
1: Yeah. My for... buddy
0: boy, my chum, my yeah, co host.
1: Yeah. First off, is it really? I mean, am I really a co host? Or, like, I think I'm more accurately on your episodes, I am a co caster. Yeah. Co pod. I mean, Podco.
0: labels. Because you're the host on Sunday's episode, so you are a co-host of the show.
1: I think, I think co-caster just sounds a little bit more interesting. We don't have to switch to that, I was just thinking about it. Um, as far as small talk goes, uh, I found out I was supposed to get a sign-on bonus today at my job, and I never got it, and that is my fault, why I didn't get it. I'm an idiot, there's a paper I was supposed to turn in, but I also don't know what the I I, I have the folder that the paper is supposed to be in, but I don't know what the paper is supposed to look like, so I don't know if I've passed it or if I actually just don't have it. So either way, on Monday, i got to go to HR and talk to them about getting the form so I can get my sign-on bonus. Anyway.
0: Breathe, buddy. Breathe. I was breathing.
1: I was breathing. breathing. I'm good. I'm fine.
0: (laughs) Well, Um, I'm I'm sorry you didn't get your sign-on bonus. Uh, That kind of sucks. I didn't get a sign-on bonus when I enlisted.
1: I can still get it. I just need to turn in the form because like i like it there's proof that i it's not like i got the sign on bonus and i'm going to go in and be like oh uh, uh, i never got it no there's records of all of it like of of your pay history like I, I never got it so right yeah but i'm entitled to get one so i can i can still get it i just need whatever form i'm supposed to get cuz like for people who might not know this if there's a job that offers you a sign on bonus they're more than likely going to give you a paper that you need to sign to approve the sign-on bonus because what's going to happen is within your first year, if you quit or you're fired, more more likely you quit, then uh, you have to pay back that sign-on bonus if you, like, you know, terminate employment within your first year. Uh, yeah, it's definitely another contract. That's what the form is for, which, I mean, I'm not because I like my job. I get insurance and you know, all that it doesn't matter. But yeah, so I need to, you know, I need to get that form in so that way I can so that way I can do it. It's a little frustrating, but I completely understand why they do it. Yeah. That's really all far as um, like small talk goes.
0: So I got okay, cuz I got something. I got something that's really made me angry the past yesterday. Ooh, the exciting. past yesterday. Ex- yeah.
1: Exciting.
0: So yesterday, we were going through our budget and all that, and I was looking at uh, the bills we got to pay the at the m- middle of the month, so around this time, and I was looking at our phone bill. And we uh, we use Verizon, not sponsored. Uh, thankfully, after I get through this, so I look at the bill and it's like a hundred dollars extra, of like what it's supposed to be. So I'm like, that's not right. So I call Verizon, and I'm like, uh, hey, wh- what's this charge on my account for? and this first lady she was the most unhelpful person i've ever talked to out of any customer service line i've ever like been on the line with mm-hmm. and she she did not try to solve my problem she did not help me in any way she, she just tried. kept repeating the she just kept repeating the same thing over and over again it's like oh it's cuz of this and i'm like well i didn't do that so why is it there and she was like, well, it's because of this. I was like, I didn't do that.
1: Uh, I don't know. It's just there. So, you know, you're charged yeah. for it. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then, so I'm like, I-, I didn't speak with your manager or supervisor. And she's like, uh, okay, yes, I-, I get the manager.
1: Don't, don't uh, do we- that. Don't do that. That's racist. Were you trying to make an Indian accent?
0: Uh, No, it's just how she sounded. Like she, she sounded like really slow.
1: Okay. Well. Oh. Well. Either way, I, You don't look. I. Okay. You know what? Never mind. I'm not gonna talk. I'm not gonna get into it. Just.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm on a hold for like another thirty minutes, and she's like, "Oh, my manager's busy right now. So, uh, uh, if you want to hold for like five more minutes, he should be done." So I'm like, "Okay, I'll hold for five more minutes." Twenty more minutes goes by, and oh she's like, "Oh, my manager's still busy. Can we just call you back in an hour?" And I'm like, "Fine." Two hours go by, and I'm like, "All right, I'm just giving them a call back." I call them back, and, dear God, was the second person such a saint? Okay. They helped me. Like, oh, they were like, "Oh yeah, so th- this is uh, this was on our end. This is our fault. You, you didn't. There was no changes to your account, so there's no reason that this should have popped up." Uh, we're gonna give you uh, account credit for this and just take it off. Uh, we're very sorry about about this. And I'm just no. like, oh, I love you.
1: Well, that's good at least. Well, I think that warrants not trashing Verizon. Uh, uh, yeah. After the first phone call, I got like a
0: survey. It was like, how is was your customer service? I was like, one. And well, then it's like, how was how was the member one?
1: Well, what you really need, what they really need, what you really need to do is like, how was it? If there's like a like a thing where you can type out stuff in your own words, you oh. just need to say oh, yeah. which part
0: hang on, they're at the end of that, they're like, oh, tell us what happened. Here, um, I said, uh, this was the most unhelpful phone call of my entire life. She did not give me a solution or even try to assist me with my problem.
1: No, well, I mean, sounds, sounds accurate from what you've told me. I mean, I don't know the other half of the story. I don't know. Customer service is such a weird thing. I don't understand why people get into customer service jobs if they... Because, like, you don't... <clears throat> I mean, you can get jaded, I guess. You can have bad days. But at the same time, like, you do or do not have a personality for customer service, right? right. You can you can either fake it or you just can't, right? I yep. can't. Well, actually, I can. not I used to work in food service. That's pretty much a given. Uh, uh, there's... There's a little
0: more um with this story that like I I didn't say just because I wanted to get like the the meaty parts of it first. So apparently this account change that the so-called clan was on my account was in May of last year. So it was almost an entire year went by and then they're now charging me for it.
1: Well, I mean. That's not entirely off base. I mean, it's a little excessive, but corporate always like things like, but anytime there's like a change like that, I mean, you, you file for something and then it always takes forever for usually the charge, like the change doesn't happen so quick and the charge does happen very quick. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. But, but, but do you remember where I was may of last year? Yeah, I remember where you were in May of last year. It's yeah. it's not, not a secret to yeah. me.
0: So, I was like, I so, when I was overseas, I deactivated my phone, so I didn't have, we didn't have to have, like, a huge bill for a phone that didn't even work. And that, so I, I was on like, a promotional thing, and that doesn't count for a disqualification of the promotional thing, which is what they were talking about for, like, the charge, or whatever. They explained it to me. I'm not going to reiterate everything. But, uh, and then i reactivated it and was on the same plan that i had with the promotion so there technically was no account change there was i just turned off my phone for a period of time because i didn't want to have to pay for it when i was you know in a war zone
1: right is, is yeah that it? <laughs> yeah that's it Oh well you know what the, i was saying something i didn't finish uh I I can't remember. I, I don't got it. No. But we had a good um eleven minutes of small talk, so
0: April at Verizon. I love you.
1: April at Verizon. April, uh you should yeah. you should just hop on the podcast. Guest episode. April from yeah. Verizon. <laughs> i I'll, I'll call right now like, hey, can I Re- back to April. <laughs> reach reach out to April, see if she wants to hop on the on the pod. Uh I will leave that entirely up to you. Or I could try calling her but it probably would take email a lot her. longer. Email her? I <laughs> certainly could. I I can find everyone's email. It, no email is safe for me. Negative, cuz I'm like All one right. of the only human beings left alive that bothers sending emails.
0: Okay. So this episode I have today um it was inspired by your uh plan to rule the post-apocalyptic uh United States.
1: Uh you mean the thing that we already talked about in one episode? Is this post apocalyptic plans?
0: Uh no. This is uh dystopia dystopian movies and certain things. Like uh... I wanna kinda wanna go through some like popular dystopian movies and you know kinda like explain in our own words how like what we would do to survive or what like kind of the roles we would play, you know?
1: Well the... See that's well the problem with dystopia is it's not your rules. You don't get to live by your rules. That's that's part of the problem. Uh like like a dystop dystopia is the opposite of utopia, okay? Mhm. Um so you're going to have to expound and lead this before I can really say anything cuz I don't know what you're getting at
0: so i'll I'll use the maze runner as an example of that series like so in the first movie like what i was kind of thinking like what role do you think that you would take in the maze runner like would you have been a runner would you have been one of the cooks or like the people who build structures farming like what would you do
1: uh well i've never read the maze runner uh I've barely watched them. I don't really know anything about that. But, well, I know a little bit. If As far as jobs go, I don't know. Probably something manual, you know, use my body. That's just kind of what I prefer as far as work goes. Things that are more active, you know. Not just something right. where I, oh, I mean, my job's kind of, my job's kind of both right now. I don't know. I, it's, I, I still, I still just, I don't necessarily are you talking about like if we were in charge of the dystopia like if we were the ones on top because that is gonna get dark <laughs> i mean we can talk about it from both percep both
0: sorry both perspectives so like if we were ruling a dystopia what would we put it in place or if we had to survive in a dystopia what would we do you know
1: well okay so if you were in a dystopia honestly the best the the best way to I guess stay alive is to comply that is uh like you you are a slave to whatever uh structure is governing right like 1984. Yeah. It, you know not many people have read that it's not really required reading as much anymore as far as i'm aware i read it and it was required reading in senior year but i didn't read it senior year because i already read it and covid happened uh it's not there isn't a whole lot you can really say about the subjected subjective end of dystopia or the or the people that are living under it right because You either comply or you resist. And then, you know, there's a plan for how you would, I don't know, usurp the government or whatever structure is in charge and, I don't know, take over? Or you would just try to, you know, usurp and fail, which would usually end in death. And if we're doing it from the perspective of us being in charge, then, I mean, you're go through a history book it's pretty
0: i don't know it's
1: i never really thought about it so do you want me to re-clarify my post-apocalyptic plan because i mean that's pretty dystopian but it it's more comedic than anything else uh
0: for newer listeners yeah sure go
1: ahead all right so basically my plan huh
0: also this sport's even better now because i'm going to have a son for sure
1: hmm oh yeah that's right uh this plan actually makes solid sense now although I can't remember what your son's partner was you have to remind me after I share this so basically my plan I did this is one of my weird like 3 a.m I can't sleep thoughts so which I mean will become pretty damn clear after you hear everything I'm about to tell you my plan is so I was researching one day and I found, I, it was like a post. It was about making a sword out of the blood of your enemies, literally. Uh, it would take, I think it was either 300-something or 3,000. I can't really remember. Uh, Wait, how many
0: uh, humans would look
1: it up for it real quick.
0: take to make a long sword? Yeah, then, then. Um so 2352 double that cuz it's for something else. Um so 4704.
1: Okay, so uh remember that number or keep it up on your screen. I'll get back to that later. So I my plan was during the apocalypse, not a zombie apocalypse. Let's just say it's a societal collapse. Uh EMP goes off. We're in the dark ages, you know. Uh, obviously economy doesn't matter anymore. You can't use credit cards, nothing. Uh, so I would, uh, shack up somewhere that is r- relatively uh, livable. That isn't like just a house, you know, like a convenience store or something like that. Someplace small, lots of food, you know, lots of back storage, all that. Uh, and I would, uh, basically you know live there i would scavenge you know bring my stuff back and time, because in the apocalypse this always happens this is a rule of the apocalypse based off of all the apocalypse shows and movies that have ever been made there's going to be people that want to take your stuff so anytime someone tries to take my stuff i will harvest them so i will abduct them in self-defense i mean they they went on the offense first i want to clarify that i'm not just going to go take people that are minding their own business but if you come at me all right then uh i will chloroform you or beat you whatever not i shouldn't be saying this while talking to the audience i will i will chloroform or beat my uh attacker and then i will uh i'm not sure which is The less moral, but either I would use them as human livestock, or I would just kill them and extract their blood, or extract the iron from their blood, so I could start building a longsword. That's another important note for later. Were you about to say something?
0: Yes, um, I'm pretty sure it's more humane to just drain them instead of just breeding them like (laughs) cattle. Instead of
1: just (laughs) using them as human (laughs) livestock. (laughs) i mean it would require well because here's the thing if we're talking about casualties remember that number we said a minute ago (laughs) yeah so yeah let's just bear this in mind either it's livestock that i can sustain or it's genocide (laughs) like you take your well take your pick i mean (laughs) because
0: think about it so say you you capture like two men and two women right Mm-hmm. And you, you, you have him as livestock. Um, not,
1: uh, you're I think you're about to take this in a route that I did not consider and don't want to.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna still explain. It's uh, gonna take at least obviously nine months to have a, another child and they gotta grow up and then yeah. they gotta you know produce more.
1: so yeah. incest. Okay, can I stop you all right I'm gonna stop you right now you are worse than me at this point because I was actually going to leave out women and children. I don't think a child would attack me. And if a woman tried, well, I mean, that's just her own fault, but I would rather not. And there's absolutely no way I would create these, this chain of incest freaks to to build my sword. So, no. No, it doesn't matter, okay? It doesn't matter necessarily. The point is, you know what fine we'll just go with murder okay that's what i'll do i'll murder them self-defense in self-defense whatever okay so they
0: uh... i mean there's no proof that completely draining a person of their blood will kill them
1: yeah there kind of is there actually really is <laughs> that that will 100 percent kill a human being neo <laughs> why would you think that it wouldn't
0: it's for comedy
1: Okay, well, oh, okay. So, look, I need to speed this up so that way I don't take over your episode. Uh, and that, So, over the course of a few years, I'll be doing that, okay? You know, someone tries to attack me, I'll, you know, uh, neutralize them, let's say. And then I will I'll harvest the iron from their blood. While simultaneously, okay, I'm going to assume this is a few years into the future. I'm going to be the only one with electricity. Don't ask how, it doesn't matter. Uh, and I will be simultaneously building a giant Yeti exosuit. That looks, you know, pretty, pretty real, okay? It's not like a giant, hunky machine where you can see steam coming out of it, right? It looks real, like a giant Yeti, 9-foot-tall Yeti. Uh, it'll be nuclear-powered or fusion, something like that. I don't know, whichever form of uh, fission. I don't know. I'll be building that, uh, so to sim- the go along with the Yeti suit. I got to double that number. It was like 2,000-something for, like, the standard longsword.
0: Uh, yeah, so 4,704 for a doubled longsword.
1: Right, so I will be doubling the length, you know, the whole size of that sword to match with the size of the Yeti exosuit. So after a few years, what I'll do when I have that longsword and I have the Yeti suit, I'll be going out into the into the wasteland you know the uh you know the 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 ruins in this yeti exosuit with a giant longsword and at this point in the future books won't exist anymore or people will be too stupid to read so no one will know what a yeti is they'll just know there's a giant white beast walking around (laughs) with a giant sword they'll be too scared to mess with me so then they'll worship me as their new god and that's about it and then there was something about using your like firstborn son as like i don't know uh, a lackey, I think. I can't remember.
0: He was the one that had to clean the armor every time you uh, you came back.
1: Oh yeah, until eventually, yeah, I'll be worshipped as a new god until eventually one day they find out that I actually am just a human inside of a suit, and then they'll pull me apart limb from limb and burn me alive.
0: Yeah, and then my son will take over
1: the suit. Uh, yeah, assuming they don't, <laughs> assuming they don't kill your son too. <laughs> I'll think of I'll think of a backup plan for him. Uh, but yeah, one day I'll be usurped, but you know, until then I'll, I'll, I'll reign for a good, so let's say it'll take about you know five, six years to, you know, get the whole suit and the sword built and then, you know, maybe I'll rule for, I don't know, 10, 20 years and then I'll be, uh, usurped. So yeah, that's my dystopia. That's, that's what, that's how it would go if I were in charge. Um, other than that, that's all I got as far as my own plans as far as ruling goes um a
0: dystopian story that i really enjoy is uh we've mentioned it a few times or specifically you have mentioned it quite a lot on this show um fahrenheit 451
1: fahrenheit 451 love that book that's uh that is a very very classic uh dystopian uh well i don't really want to call it fiction anymore uh sci-fi it's sci-fi fun um very dystopian sci-fi it's a very good one second of 1984 in my opinion that one yeah. is a really interesting one because uh i mean for one just the elements of the writing that went into it how they that that book was written in the 50s right then they, they talk right. about flat screen tvs and like moving billboards which would basically be like you know the kind of things you would see on like Times square uh, mega highways. I don't think those were really a thing back then. We kind of have them now. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, and the use of firefighters. They were not used to put out fires. They were used to burn down bo- burn books and the well buildings with them. Pretty much, they were a, a violent force. Um, Indeed. Let's see. Yeah, no, we read that junior year. It's been a long time since uh. I read it. Other than when you got it for me and then I read it again.
0: Yeah, I got you a hardcover,
1: didn't I? Yeah, you got me a hardcover. I always try to stress for people to get me hardcover. It's more expensive, but I love hardcover books, books way more. Just because, like, I read a lot and I reread just about everything I get. So my books, if they're not hardcover, can, like, wear and tear really quickly. Right. Um. I think Night... Uh, uh-huh.
0: I, I, I was going to say, like, another uh, a dystopian that, like, you know, if if you and I were in it together, I feel like we would have a chance. But if we were not, we'd have no chance. To, if we weren't together, we had no chance. And that's The Hunger Games.
1: Uh, yeah, no, The Hunger Games is a pretty – is is a is a good dystopian. Again, the Hunger Games is another one of those things that I don't really care about. I don't really like it that much uh, I mean, I kinda do, you know, it's, you know, as far as the dystopia goes, you know, the dystopian world, but the actual, like, game that is the Hunger Games, like, I don't really, like, it's, it's not a very, you know, the characters, Katniss, and what, it's it's never really interested me, but, you know, the world, I guess, or the populace being divided into districts, and then you have the high elite, you know, and they, I don't know, like, guess for population control they're just like hey let's just take two people from like every district and uh, murder them it's kind of weird um yeah no i think i think we would survive. i mean i think i would probably survive okay personally but that's probably just my own hubris i don't really know uh the concept though of hunger games that like always kind of like confused me is like as in the movie because I did watch the movies is you had like a a pretty big group of people team up right uh yeah like some of the like why like I mean two people from the same district teaming up is one thing but you have like there was like a a group you know it was way it was more than like six like you all are gonna end up having to turn on each other why 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 are you even bothering
0: they teamed up to try to take down the system if you remember i think it's in the second hunger games there was that big group and they like took down like the entire building that uh no
1: no no no. the hunger
0: games was was in
1: i'm talking about like in the first movie right when it was just the game like before they branched out into you know an uprising basically like, cause in the first movie, it that's all it was—is it was just Katniss in the game, right? Yeah, uh, and PETA, or which is a stupid name, or is it Peter? I can't remember. I don't really it's, care. It's PETA. Yeah, stupid name. But uh there was in, in there—it was there wasn't anything beyond just like you know the game. Uh. And there was like a bunch of people that were also in there that just like teamed up, They're just a big, big group. <laughs> just you're all gonna have to kill each other. I don't. I, I wouldn't know. it see a it, point
0: add, it adds more drama and suspense to the story. I guess. Yeah, I suppose.
1: If we were really, if we really, the problem is if we were gonna come up with this idea. And think about how we were going to, A, survive, mm-hmm. usurp, or command a dystopian society. We have to build an entire fiction of our own to do that. I mean, we can take other ones that have existed and, I don't know, like nitpick it, but I wouldn't. Because, I mean, the two that come to my immediate mind is uh, 1984 and uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit kind of already did that in the way that I would do it, and same thing with 1984. And uh, 1984 didn't end very well. <laughs> Neither did Fahrenheit 451, technically. But
0: uh, so the first book written by the uh, Joe Radio. Uh, what do you
1: What do you mean? I'm gonna be. I would end up being the one doing the writing. What do you You don't write. I, I can write. You, 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 can you? <laughs> Yeah, I can. I don't believe you. Okay. Maybe do. I don't know. Uh, no. And even even if that were the case, I'm not really. I like reading dystopian novels and whatnot, but I don't think I would ever want to write one. You know. I mean, I mean um, okay. Unless you might not. Uh
0: huh. Uh, get continue. I'll I'll say that this after. Sorry.
1: The closest thing I've done to writing a dystopian like story, and I don't really wanna talk about this too much uh is there is a short story series that I have been kind of working on I again don't want to release too many details and one of these short stories it's not the it's it being dystopian is not the point of it, but it is dystopian basically right um uh, mm-hmm. It's it's not. I don't want it to be classified that particular story as like this is a dystopian short story. That's not what it is. It just happens to be dystopian, right?
0: That's I the close.
1: That's the closest I would get. I wouldn't write a story that centers around this is a dystopian world. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would want the the aspect of the dystopia to be a to to be an an, an atmospheric. Hint, right not a not the point
0: okay uh, so this might surprise you but uh uh in freshman year uh i got the highest writing uh, of all the finals of our grade
1: did i tell you that two years in a row i won the national not one i got the national high score for the writing portion of the act Yeah, you did. That is probably the only real academic achievement of my life. Uh, I have none. Yeah, but other than that. uh, (laughs) There's another dystopian novel that we haven't talked about, and it's actually my favorite one. Uh, Maybe above 1984, I haven't really decided yet. It was written by George Orwell, Animal Farm. Ah, Animal Farm. Animal Farm is a perfect representation of communism. Although I wouldn't necessarily call it dystopian entirely because it's, you know, I mean, it's about animals,
0: but I also, I also would never use the word
1: perfect and communism in the same sentence. <laughs> a perfect representation of communism is what I said. Yeah. And but you get what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm not. I mean, yeah, but you're wrong. <laughs> I didn't say communism was perfect because it. F- Damn well is not, uh, but it, the, you know, I mean, 1984, perfect representation of. Well, I don't know if I would necessarily call that communism. Uh, it's perfect representation of where the United States is going, though. Unless things change. Hey, hey, right. hey, chill, 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 chill. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, look. That's not even a political statement, okay? Like I can list off the abundance of evidence, but I'm not gonna unless someone asks me to
0: or um, if i yeah. see
1: something absolutely outrageous involving a video game that's 1984-esque but that probably won't happen.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. I I think Animal Farm is a it is, is a pretty dystopia. It's it's a very interesting perspective Animal Farm, you know?
1: I remember when the chancellor was reading that in US history. It was pretty great. Yeah, cuz that was the first time i ever saw a book like that in school, right? Um, uh, because well, no, ten, yeah, no, that was before did, Fahrenheit 4. Didn't 51. we? Uh,
0: I remember reading that book in school.
1: No, we, not not in, uh, not in Mountain Home.
0: Well, there's no way I would have found that book on my own and read it. So.
1: No, we we did not read that in school together. I mean, you might have like come across it in school and maybe looked at it in school, but it was not ever <laughs> a required reading in school.
0: It might it have been in.
1: Uh my old high school. I don't remember. I mean, I read it in school, but that's just because I was reading at the school. There was never a point, uh, at least throughout the time you and I have known each other since you came to where we were going to school, you know. Uh we that was that was not required reading at any point. It should have been, but it wasn't. I believe all of those things should be required reading. Fahrenheit four fifty one and nineteen eighty four were things that we were told that we were required to read in school. It, well, I, I I don't know if I should bunch nineteen eighty four into that. We were gonna like it was like COVID happened, and then they were doing like the online schooling and stuff, and that's whenever we were supposed to read nineteen eighty four. But I had done enough to pass, so I didn't have to do online schooling, and I already read it anyway. Uh, way before I read 1984 when I was in middle school. So wow, look at you! I've always had a very high reading level. The problem is, is I hated reading back then, for the most part, because all the school required reading throughout most of my, you know, schooling life sucked. The school curriculum for required reading sucked. It was terrible. I agree.
0: Uh, I remember, so, uh, I don't know if you ever had this, but, like, in elementary school, like, during, like, some days, they'd, like, bring out this, like, box, right, and it had, like, level 1 through 10 of, like, little stories, and you had to, like, read one, and then, uh, like, write a little thing about it, answer some questions, and do it, like, three times to level up your reading, That I I think that's where my hatred for reading came in, is just that little competition to see who can read the best. I was like, nah, that's not what reading's
1: about. No, yeah, no, I do remember that. That's not really what... I mean, I didn't like that at all. But, yeah, no, I... That's not what made me hate reading, but I did hate doing that. I I always thought it was asinine and, like, like, what's the point? What... Like, I mean, it doesn't matter. Here's the thing. You can read. People have, you know, I have a very high, like, I had a college level or college reading level when I was, like, in junior high, right? Like, whenever I got into eighth grade, I I was a college reading level. I was very, very good at reading. You know, and there's people now, like, I still read accessibly. I'm 21. There's people... Who, very few, but there's one friend I have who has been pretty much read like me all my life. You know, like, we're tied as far as interest in books and the things we've read is gone. But I'm still a lot better at reading than he was, you know? Yeah. Uh, Even now, like, he still has trouble, you know, understanding or pronouncing or defining things. I don't have that problem really much anymore. Um. So the the whole the whole competitive like I, I it's like you said I like that's not what reading's about. I always thought that was stupid. What is the point of being the best at reading? Shouldn't it matter just that you're reading? Especially now, because nobody like almost nobody from our class like. Reads like I'm I'm a freak compared to like all my friends because I'm the only one that is just like gotten a hard on for books basically. Yeah, actually, I have a funny
0: story. I think this happened in fifth grade. I think it was like Kahoot might have been a thing by now, but I don't think it was. In fifth so we grade? had the yeah.
1: No, not one. I don't think so. At least.
0: So basically, we had these like little uh devices that would hook up to like the com- like the teacher's computer to like a game and it was basically like Kahoot and you had to answer the question on the like the little thing in your hand whatever you want to call it yeah and like you know I-, I wasn't the smartest kid in the class um but i ended up winning one one day and i got excited i was like yeah i won woohoo and then <laughs> this chick walks up to me and she's like Oh, you think you're so smart? I bet you can't even name the first element of the periodic table. And I was just like, what?
1: (laughs) What? What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I'm just like... (laughs) That's so stupid. Yeah.
0: I don't know why. She never liked me. Probably because I was, like, best friends with her boyfriend or something. I don't know.
1: That's so dumb. It's a good thing I haven't met that person. It's a good thing I haven't met a lot of people that you've told me about because, like, I don't advocate bullying, but I, I'm kind of a bully when it comes to just raw stupidity and ignorance. Like, I don't take it easily. Like, if you, po- uh, like, if um, you're, uh-huh. go ahead. Like, if someone's an idiot or ignorant, and they, well, I, not really ignorance. Well, you can't fix stupid. If someone's ignorant and actually wants to like, you know, change that, then that's then I wouldn't like bully someone. But like people who are who do that, like, oh, you think you're so smart or people that are like, if you know, if you say something about smart and they're like, Oh yeah, what grades do you have? As if grades actually reflect intelligence, I hate that. I absolutely hate it. And I will bully someone for that.
0: Grades re- reflect your memory, not your intelligence.
1: No, grades reflect your gr- grades reflect your actions. Okay. Uh, now maybe it would be smarter to do the schoolwork. But here's the thing: while we were in school, I never ever did homework, and that's why I only barely passed. Because homework is stupid, and the school has no right to assign it. I'm not yeah. going to get into well, what that. What I'm rant, saying
0: is but... like is like testing. Testing doesn't know measure how smart you are it remembers how much memory like how much how good your memory is or how much your brain can store before
1: well, you it's can, fried well you can be academically smart right so like like algebra well okay? yeah the,
0: there's math is about the only math and like some sciences like physics and that kind of thing is the only thing you can really be intelligent with without just remembering no, stuff
1: no look it depends on the format of the work okay if you're doing multiple choice type of tests that is memorization okay so i'm gonna be honest i mean this is not a bash on chancellor's class but a lot of his tests were multiple choice that was memorization but if it comes to critical thinking right where you got to read a prompt and deduce a meaning or something like that okay which was a lot of my english tests that is intelligence okay that means you're smart I, i
0: i agree and think about Chancellor's class. Wasn't like most of his tests open textbook? No,
1: no. A, a no? couple, a couple of them were. But the, but here's the thing. Like that, there's still intelligence that goes along with that. Because I mean, you do need, you need to learn. Like I mean, if you just, you know, you can't just. I mean, if you memorize everything that you like read and whatnot, then I mean. That alone kind of is reflective of intelligence. It really depends on how deep you look into it, because you can get pretty philosophical about it. But the the point is, is someone can have, like, all Cs because they just don't do the work, but then they can go home and invent something, all right? Exactly. Uh, someone like... who has all A's can come home and well i mean i actually have a very perfect example of this but i'm not going to say it because they may or may not listen to this podcast i don't know but i don't want them to end up hearing it because they'll know immediately who i'm talking about it's them
0: so so like i i don't think like intelligence is really like oh i i remembered that this uh, you know answer to those is b or something like that i think it's your ability to be able to find information and be able to use that information to help you in your life.
1: Okay. So in, okay. If you, so let me, let me go ahead. And, uh, I don't already know how to phrase this entirely. So w- what people say is intelligence is, I mean, maybe someone who knows, I, this is the kind of thing that I would need to think about before I really start talking on it. So, anyone listening who might have a better explanation this is just me freeballing it i would most definitely come up with something different if i had time to think about this but what people call intelligence is often not really intelligence but more or less wisdom all right so wisdom is knowledge plus understanding right yeah uh so basically one if let me think of an example because there's a ton and I don't know which one is the best. Uh, you know what? I do have one. So when we read From Beyond in my uh, senior year, I don't know if I told you that, Neil, but I, I the teacher wanted us to do a short story and she hated all the school curriculum short stories, so I picked one. It was From Beyond. Lovecraft, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was the technically a lot of people got the right answer like so there was a you know there was a work lesson whatnot we had to do after it and she said why did crawford build the ultraviolet projector okay uh and the correct answer was to enhance the brain to see another dimension or something like that really to enhance the brain is really the ultimate answer that they're the ultimate way to phrase that answer. And that was the correct one. But for me, okay. The answer was not to enhance the brain. The answer was to prove a point. Right. And that is because there is a whole lot of contextual things. That's what the machine does is it enhances the brain, but that's not why he built it. You know, he did it for a completely separate reason. Um, And that is... One example of how you can infer knowledge with the understanding, right? You need to read the between the lines and all that. Um, well, yeah, because
0: there's that there's a big contextual difference between what is the purpose of the machine and why was it built.
1: Well, yeah, but it, but the yeah, but the point is, is that would be a reflection of wisdom, right? One who like thinks about it deeper would realize. He did not just build this machine to revolutionize the brain and like make that breakthrough. It's what it does, but he built it for a different purpose, you know, a a malicious one, really. Um, That would be knowledge and understanding. That would be wisdom coming to that inference that I have. Uh, That is not a boast about myself. I realize how arrogant that sounded as soon as it came out of my mouth. It's just that I'm obsessive. Uh, well,
0: I I completely agree with that that uh that answer. He did it to prove a point.
1: Yeah, it is the right answer. The problem is, is if you're just reading the story, then it's like, oh well, you know, the machine, you know, enhances the brain. Someone put that technically in a in a oversimplified way. That is correct, but you know, but that's this is a bit of a tangent. My point is, is people who think this is a a very long tangent now that i'm thinking back even more uh having an a on your report card does not mean that you're smart it means that you work hard means you are responsible and you do the work it does not mean that you're smarter than the guy who has b's and c's right just means that you know someone doesn't either doesn't do it or doesn't care to do it enough or good enough as one other um, there's a lot of people who seem to believe that. And honestly, to take that a step further, hopefully we can cut this tangent soon. Uh, people who think that going to college is, like, necessary to be successful, which has already been disproven a million times over. That yeah. I figured, figured you were going to have something to add on to that.
0: Well, I I thought you were just going to keep going.
1: No, no, that's that's all I had for that until I think of another like bit to add on it's just i and the school does it all right like schools do that all the time like all my life i don't know about you you know because you you know did most of your schooling like not with me uh schools never once even brought up the concept of trades until i was in senior year
0: well that that's kind of what like that entire high school was sorta of supposed to be built on was having those different you know, CAB, ACME and, and HHS, right? It was to prepare you for a specific career. But they didn't do that. Everyone just had the same classes no matter what you were part of.
1: Well there's that, but also well, not entirely. So there was a little bit of different there was a there was a the like CAB teachers taught differently than like acme teachers right for for people who don't understand cab acme and whatever the other one was can't remember it hhs yeah that those were uh academies right in in school so i I don't know i guess i think harry potter there's gryffindor and whatnot same concept uh and teachers from hhs cab and acme they generally taught differently and at Well, I mean, except for ACME, ACME just outright taught, like, agricultural things and some uh, basically trade skills and whatnot. But anytime there was, like, school meetings or with counselors or whatever, you know, career stuff for students, it was always, always pushing college always apply for scholarships apply for colleges did this that college 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 all throughout my life it wasn't until senior year that (laughs) yeah it well not even that much i mean every now and then but barely but like it wasn't until senior year that they like actually started talking about trades i'm like and that's so stupid because college has not been a very reliable thing for well over a decade and trades has pretty much for over a decade always been a, a a thing that would like a be cheaper and b be more likely to make you money and actually like live. Um, and then there's people who are like you know who you you know think that if you don't go to college or something then you're some slacker or a failure and that's just completely stupid because there's people who don't have a degree in trades or. Just like college, you know, and they are p- pretty damn successful, you know, if they you know set their mind to it and do their own thing,
0: right? I saw this uh, comment thread or this post somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but it had a, a picture of, of Samwise. I'm getting on a tangent here, um, That's fine. and and it was like it had like a whole paragraph under him. It's like Samwise Gamgee, the unsung hero, the uh loyal follower and, you know, sidekick to uh, Frodo who was not tempted by the ring due to his loyalty and, you know, pure heartedness and, you know, went on with some other stuff.
1: Uh, is is that it? Were you going to add something to that? Or... Well, I was hoping you'd add
0: because you always like go like to go on, but like Sam is the hero of Lord of the Rings.
1: Oh. Well, I mean, I'm usually inclined to agree with that. I wouldn't say that it was Sam's loyalty that was, like, a factor in him not being tempted by the ring, uh, not, again, not in time, the thing, Sam is just pure of heart, and that's, like, who, that's who Sam was supposed to be, right, and that is the whole reason why he, uh, he, he has Sam going with Frodo to, you know, take the ring to Mordor, Frodo was the one carrying the ring because it was passed down to him, right, he, like, he is the ring bearer. And you can't just give, like, he couldn't just give it to Sam and have him be the ring bearer. That's not how being a ring bearer works, right? There's there's right. A, a mystical thing to it. Uh, a cosmic responsibility. The only reason Sam carried the ring was because <laughs> it was after Shelob, right? Sam thought Frodo was dead. And before the orcs took his paralyzed body to wherever the heck they took it i can't remember sam decided he was going to take the ring off of frodo because if frodo was dead someone's got to complete the mission and that was what sam did and then on his you know like a few seconds later he found out you know frodo was actually alive so on his way to get back frodo he was carrying that ring and the ring tried to tempt him right saying here's what your life could be like if you just gave me to sauron basically and sam's like (laughs) absolutely not." Uh, or to keep it, he's like, nope, no, absolutely not, Sam is the, Sam is the main hero of Lord of the Rings, I would say, and that's not an insult to Frodo, because Frodo still bore that ring for two years, you know, Uh, like, Frodo still resisted that ring for a very, very long time, you know, and it ended up getting harder and harder, as you would expect, but a lot of people, like, Smeagol, you know, uh, whenever that, like, you know, that started Smeagol looked at the ring for like five seconds and then five, you know, obviously five minutes later killed his buddy for it. Like he, he was, (laughs) yeah, his brother, he was seduced by the ring immediately. Uh, and so was his brother. As a matter of fact, Frodo carried it for two years, you know, And then there's Sam, who, like, as soon as the ring's like, hey, Sam's like, nope, you're getting destroyed. Uh, Frodo Frodo would not have survived without Sam. Frodo's admitted that, and Gandalf knew that, and that is why Sam was with him.
0: An argument could be made for Bilbo, too. Like, Bilbo carried the ring for years and years and years, and, like, he was not tempted, like, in a bad way, but he was—he just— was infatuated with it to a unhealthy degree.
1: No, if I mean... Well, no. I, Bilbo pretty much, like, fell for the ring. The problem is, is, like, he never had to fight for it, right? He just found it, and then he was seduced by it, and he just had it, like... I mean, he was infatuated with it, Not maybe not to the same extent, but he was infatuated with it like Gollum was. The problem is, is... Gollum had to kill someone for it. Bilbo did not. Uh, Right. Because part of the reason why Gollum is the way he is is he killed his buddy for it. Everyone knew about it, or everyone found out, and everyone knew. And they basically banished him. You know? Uh, And then he, you know, slunk into the mountains and, you know, had to eat, you know, live fish and whatnot. uh, Well, you know how Gollum turns out yeah uh bilbo didn't really resist it and he didn't uh, obviously didn't end up like Gollum. but i mean bilbo pretty much subcame to the ring as well uh especially but, but whenever he, he, he
0: was able to give it up
1: barely i mean the only yeah. reason i think the only reason bilbo ended up i think the only person who could have convinced bilbo to give up that ring was gandalf that's it. Yeah. And even then that was still like testy. Um yeah, no, but Sam I I, I love Sam. Samwise is my favorite character. And that reminds so, me as well. Huh?
0: We've been on the used tangents for far too long. Let's get back to our our original topic.
1: There is barely any time left for that at this point. Oh, is there? <laughs> yeah, we're 56 minutes oh. in.
0: Oh, I I was just going to say like uh I was looking through some movies and books that have dystopians and dystopian uh, futures or pasts or whatever, and I I forgot about this one, which is probably my second favorite, which is The Giver. The Giver. I, I love The Giver. It's a great book, great movie
1: as well. I don't, I don't think I ever read or saw that.
0: It's uh, so like people live in colonies, and you know they all have the same birthday kind of you know you there's like the 12s the the 16s the 18s or whatever when you turn a certain age you get like a calling or a job and uh every so many years there is uh a job called the receiver that is uh by one person received spoilers by the way and it is the giver's job to give the receiver all the memories of the earth
1: no jeez that sounds weird. I'll have to look into that. Yeah, I don't think I ever, I don't think I ever saw that or read it. It's not ringing any bells, but that does sound interesting. Um, I'm pretty sure we read it in school. I don't, I don't remember. What about iRobot? Do you remember that? I think that would be considered dystopian. I mean, yeah,
0: but that's just more sci-fi than uh, uh, anything yeah. else, really.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um. Let's see. There's what are some other dystopians? I mean, we can go into games. There's a couple I can think of. Uh, we, could uh, you consider, like, in some kind of way,
0: like, I, I, I hate I hate to bring this in because you're probably going to get annoyed, but like, some aspects of Star Wars could be considered dystopian.
1: Um, eh, a, a little bit on it. Well, yeah, with the Empire, I would say that's kind of dystopian. I mean, it's it doesn't give off the same feel because of you know the genre that like it, well I don't want to say the genre because of everything that happens in Star Wars like because it in a, in a, an actual dystopian like fiction for the most part usually the good guys don't win like that's right. not uh and it kind of is with Star Wars but I mean with the way the Empire operates in Star Wars. I would say yeah, it's it's kind of dystopian. A little bit. Uh but that's another thing where it Star Wars is not a dystopian fantasy story, right? right. It's it is a story that kind of has a dystopian dystopian esque government. Uh I wouldn't so I mean that's not something i would technically classify as a dystopian but it's got a it's got some dystopian <laughs> element to it not much but a little bit what about uh alita battle angel that's pretty dystopian alita battle angel is yeah yeah no that's i would say that's dystopian honestly now that you bring that up that might be one of my favorite dystopian movies i love Alita Battle Angel, and I really hope they eventually decide to make a sequel to that, because it was awesome.
0: It was very good. Uh,
1: Unless it didn't do good enough, like at the box office, which would not surprise me, but it would also make me angry, because that is so cool. I love Alita Battle Angel. Haven't seen the very old anime, but I might one day. Maybe I'll dig into it and try to watch it. But the movie was so good. It was so good. And is hot, so, you know. (laughs) Why why are you laughing? I'm not wrong. I I don't know. It it just kind of
0: made me think of uh, uh, Atomic Red or whatever it's called. (laughs) Atomic Heart.
1: (laughs) Oh, Atomic Heart. No, Why would it make you think of that? That's so much worse. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) That is so (laughs) much worse.
0: Well, it's just the topic we're on because, like, Atomic Heart is a very dystopian game.
1: Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, Atomic Heart's definitely a dystopian game. It's just, like, you can't compare Alita, a sweet, innocent robot, to a fridge that sexually harasses you like every chance it gets. (laughs) It's not the same. A fridge. It's not how it works. Um, It's the
0: fridge of your dreams.
1: Shut up. Uh... Warhammer, uh, Warhammer 40k specifically, that all is dystopian, every bit of it, basically. Oh yeah. Um, There's We Happy Few, which is pretty dystopian. That is that's like a really raw dystopian. I haven't thought about We Happy Few in a very very long time.
0: You see, it's it's a great concept for a game, just an awful ex uh execution.
1: I disagree i very much disagree i think it's a very i think it's a good game uh i i don't why because like it just the vibes that i get like don't match the gameplay that makes no sense i i i don't understand I know one time you said it's like, oh, well, you gotta, like, you know, go around and, like, you gotta craft things. Well, f- yeah, because it's not like stores are gonna supply what you need to fight back in a dystopian society. That's not how it works. So, yeah, you would have to scavenge and build your own stuff. It's not like you're, it's not really? like a, a survival game where you have you end up building your own house and stuff. It's not, not like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just
0: like, it it feels too much like a survival game, like, for, to me at least, than to a, like, a story-driven, like, hey, this is your mission, this is what you have to do, this is how you're gonna do it, you know?
1: But that's exactly what it is. It's not like you need to, like, deeply worry about, like, hunger and thirst. You know, you don't have to do that at all, actually, because it's not a survival well, game. It's. I open. mean, you have to worry
0: about your it's, joy,
1: well, yeah, because of what the world is, that's not the same. That doesn't make it a survival game. That's like a tactic that you like you're it's not like you'll die if your joy goes down. It's just if your joy is down and you're around people or police in that game, then they'll attack you. Because that's like the rule of society. Yeah. Uh it's 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 very well done. I think it's pretty – I think it's a solid phrase. And the story for it. Like, do you know the story for it?
0: Um, fairly decently.
1: Like, because that that's what I really focus on. And they, they captured the environment based off of the history very well. They captured, you know, the behaviors of people very well. And they captured the behavior of a guy who's like, why am I doing this very well? And then his methods of trying to navigate his way through that society and that world while trying to maintain his independence and free mind is also very well done. I mean if you don't like it you know I mean not you don't have to like everything you know it's kind of just you know I, you know not all games are meant for everyone but I as far as the criteria of the game and whatnot I they did good for me.
0: I don't know. Like I, I tried playing it and it it just like I played it for like three hours, got like you know, decently far in the first story and I was just like this is like really boring.
1: <laughs> well then that's not the same. That doesn't that like that's I mean if you just I, I
0: did it here, I I I'll say this I I didn't feel immersed. I think that's what the problem was. I didn't feel immersed into the game.
1: Well then that's just a storytelling problem. Which that much that much I can say. The problem is for me is I you know I look way deeper into those things than you do. I can immerse myself with less than you. Uh, uh yeah, it's which true. which isn't meant to be an insult to you. I mean some people are just like that. Um I mean, granted, there are some things that I cannot immerse myself in, like Dark Souls games. I cannot. It it just like I need to know why I'm there, and why I'm doing these things, and the Souls-like games don't really clarify that. At, like, at all, actually. Not at all, yeah. Uh, so, but with with a game like that, it's like, I know the backstory, I know what kicks off the game, I know how he's being treated, I know how he's feeling, you know? Uh, and I generally know what he's trying to do. So, Everything else is, you know, coincides with that, and I can work my way through it and get immersed. Some people need to be told a little more or shown a little more, you know, and I completely get that, you know. I don't need it as strongly as some people. But
0: I mean, I I felt more immersed in the story of Firewatch than I did We Happy Few.
1: Well, because Firewatch is exclusively a story game. Like, it is, that is a, that is an interactive story, more or less. I mean, all, all games kind of are, for the most part, but that one, like, there's there's a difference between an interactive story and just, like, a game, right? So, because, like, The Witcher would be considered, a, v- oversimplified, a interactive story. Because, you know, there's a story, and you're interacting with it. But with something like Firewatch, is, it's giving you a story, and you're walking through that story. Like, there isn't much action to take other than experiencing the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, uh, Layers of Fear is one of those. It's a horror game, and like, it's a psych... Cy- it's one of those horror games where you can pick up notes, you can read backstory, and you can learn the backstory and all that. Um, not a whole lot of storytelling, but that makes sense in that case because you also... You're, you play as a insane dude that kind of has amnesia and schizophrenia. And you are experiencing uh, the memories and what this guy lives with, right? It's not... That's mm-hmm. an interactive story. I, it's not so much a a video game you're just you know you're living the life of the guy basically um you don't really you don't really do anything there isn't any real threat you know uh there isn't really even a, a goal you're just experiencing it which has its place um so those would be more likely to immerse you and they immerse me as well it's just i like to do things you know uh,
0: another great example of a game that's dystopian is inside yeah. that is 110 oh, percent dystopian
1: you yeah, know well, inside is one of the i don't really know a whole lot about inside i like i mean i i know what the game is i've seen the whole game that game has absolutely zero storytelling as well but that's also the charm of that game you infer that yeah. from the environment that you see while you're doing these puzzles and it's messed up
0: yeah uh, i i like the, the the game doesn't tell you anything except for what you experience and i do like that i think it's a very interesting way of telling a story per se because you have to figure it out yourself which i don't mind doing yeah
1: I I mean, I don't mind doing that. But then that kind of contradicts our opinions on, like, Souls-like games.
0: Well, Um, yeah, but at least they give you something. Souls-like don't give you anything.
1: I wouldn't say Limbo gives you anything. I mean... Or not Limbo, but inside. I mean, like, it doesn't give you anything. You see the environment, but it's not like you actually know what's going on.
0: Um, Well... That the government is experimenting on people, and you no, know,
1: no, that is all inference. That does not change my point. You are, you are, you are presuming that that does not, the, the game does not tell you that, you know, and your goal in that is not very clear either, other than, I don't know, I guess escape you know, keep moving is pretty much it. Souls-like games are exactly the same. The only, the reason why I, I write more about Souls-like games is because they classify it as an RPG, you know, and it's really not. It's, it's a, it's a combat game, you know. Elden Ring's open world. Elden Ring is more open or more RPG than some of the others, but it's not, it's it's not an rpg it's just a combat game you know with incredibly frame precise hitboxes and whatnot uh with no storytelling you can learn everything right. you can you can learn more about the world of elden ring than you can about the world in limbo but the only reason that is is because there's things you can actually pick up and read in elden ring but that's not storytelling uh but you can't compare the two you can't Like, it's okay for Limbo, because that is the niche of the game, you know? Uh, And maybe it is for Souls-like games as well, but when you give me an RPG, I want there to be a story. There isn't a whole lot of, there isn't story if I'm doing all the work. Uh, And then there's things like Little Nightmares. Uh, Those have no storytelling, but the environment for them is great, and I love them. But the point isn't, the point is to experience that not knowing what's going on you know yeah uh elden ring is it's like you your in-game character like knows their goal and they're doing what they're doing accordingly but the player doesn't really know that unless they go on like 30 expeditions throughout their time of you know playing yeah well you got anything else to say
0: about dystopian games movies or books buddy (sighs)
1: Um, no
0: Alright, well, that's all the time we have for you guys today Thank you so much for tuning in to the final episode of Season 3 of Joe Bro Radio If you haven't already, be sure to follow our socials on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook and Instagram Uh, We'll be taking a short break, as always in between seasons, so expect you know, Season 4 to come out at the latest, probably uh, next month be sure to follow our solo stream pages. Mine being just underscore Phoenix TTV, Gage's being Frosty Butcher TTV, and be sure to follow our Jobro stream page. We'll be streaming uh, sometimes, probably start, starting soon. Uh, that is Jobro underscore or sorry, Jobro Gaming underscore TTV. Uh, you got any including notes, buddy?
1: Um, yeah. Uh, Neo is a terrible host. Not a criticism, just a fact. Uh. And that's all I got. Why am I a terrible host? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was just, I thought I thought I could make you laugh with that for some reason, but I've never f- laughed in my entire life. <laughs> that's bull. That is outright bull. You have no proof. I make you laugh all the time, and there is proof considering we do this podcast. I can find it. Okay. Or well, you can find it. I don't listen to these episodes.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, don't I like, do just to uh, make
0: sure everything goes well.
1: I don't. I don't like the sound of my own voice. You. You inform me, and then I correct whatever mistakes you bring up accordingly.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's well, all I got. Again, thank y'all for tuning in. Peace. Peace.